Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Heron, and I want to thank you all for tuning in and remind you to please listen on Spotify and leave a five-star review on iTunes. This week, I have Us Weekly Senior Entertainment Editor, Emily Longaretta with me to tackle how Bachelor Nation has been reacting to everything that's going on in the world, how we can get some more diversity in the franchise, and of course, reflect on Sean Lowe's season of The Bachelor, which is the first to get the greatest season ever treatment. And I'm just honestly thrilled about it. So hi, Emily, how are you? I am great. How are you? You know, all things considered, I'm okay. It's been an interesting week, to say the least. It has. It has. I've been turning off the news and I'm turning on old seasons of Bachelor to try to kind of fill my mind with some happy crazy things for a little while. (laughs) Yes. You know, what's so interesting is The Bachelor really is like a good escape for everything. But at the same time, it has its own fundamental issues. Yes, it does. (laughs) It has for a long time. And now it's a topic of conversation again, naturally. So I think it's interesting also because everyone so quickly goes to Rachel Lindsay as the only Black lead on the show. And she does an amazing job articulating the importance of including diversity on the show and telling her perspective. She also gives the show credit all the time for, you know, being nothing but nice to her, but then having to kind of check it and be like, what are we doing wrong here? So I think we want to talk about some of the words she said, some other reactions and stuff like that, if you're down. Yeah, absolutely. I I think Rachel Lindsay is so out. She's very outspoken about her beliefs in a great way. I think it's something that obviously because she is the only Black lead in the franchise, she takes on the responsibility kind of without asking for it. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't complain. It's She really takes it into her own hands and makes it her own job to really use her voice for and her platform for the better, which is a great thing. Yeah, I've listened to her on a few podcasts. She's on like every podcast these days. So if you guys want to hear from her directly, there's a plenty of uh, Rachel Lindsay content out there. And she said, you know, like, I'm not an activist. Like, I didn't really like set out to do this. But at the same time, she has so many people looking to her. And she said on one podcast, she needs to see some type of change. It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. At this point, it's embarrassing to be affiliated with it. In 40 seasons, you've had one Black lead. We have had 45 presidents and we have had 45 presidents and in 45 presidents, you have had one black president. You are almost on par to say you're more likely to become president of the United States than you are to be a black lead in this franchise. That's insane. Like when you put it that way. It's so wild. When she said that, I literally was like, oh my gosh, like I, I never thought of it that way. And like, I give her so much credit for 
kind of like spelling it out for all of us because that's definitely a crazy statistic. It really is. And I something else she pointed out on a Ringer podcast was that there's this narrative now that the bachelor or bachelorette has to kind of be someone from the top four or five, someone likable. Every once in a while, they'll pull someone out from a season before, but typically they are someone who went really far, which makes sense because you need to get to know them, for example. That's the strategy they've kind of gone with these last probably five or more years. But she pointed out that Hannah Brown finished in seventh and she, Rachel's words were, you created a narrative around Hannah to make her by social media standards, the most popular bachelorette. They can do anything they want to do. I mean, that is like beyond true. I mean, uh, technically, if we all know that the show, it's not scripted, but they're, you know, they choose what gets airtime, what get, you know, who gets airtime, who gets, you know, different treatment than other people. So if they like somebody, they can make them very prominent. They can let us get to know somebody without, you know, having them make it to the end. Right. Because there is something to be said for you don't want the show to be totally manipulated just to get a certain person to the end. But then at the same time, like we see that all the time when it's a, you know, quote unquote villain or someone who's interesting, they keep them around because they're making a TV show. So why do they feel the need to, you know, not try to keep the show diverse and maybe keep someone around that way? You could look at it that way. You could also look at it as, I mean, I like Hannah and I think she was a great bachelorette, but based on what we saw in Colton season, we would have never known that she was going to be a good bachelorette. Like everyone was like, uh, this girl can barely form a sentence. Right. I mean, like her most memorable moment on the Bachelor season was not being able to give a toast. Like right. if you think of it that way, it's like, okay, I didn't even remember her really. Like I, there were so many other people on his season that kind of took prominence. And obviously toward the last a couple episodes of the show, like you didn't even think of her. You don't know who she is at that point. So it's like, they really used social media, they brought her onto paradise. It was like, they, they find somebody they like and they stick to them and make them their person, which is not a bad thing because they know what works on TV. But if that's their, the way they do things, why isn't that a person of color? Right. It's just like, it's a bizarre, then you really think about it that way. It's like they did create, and even with Peter, like the Peter and Mike debate was a really heated one. And, you know, they saw something in Peter that they really were convinced would be great. And I was all on board. I loved Peter. Mm-hmm. It ended up, you know, not being the greatest decision they could have made. And no. we don't know what a Mike season would have looked like, but it's just what, what goes behind those decisions is something that I think everyone just wants to be more transparent and open about. Like, why are we pretending like they aren't pulling the strings? You know right. what I mean? I guess that's what, that's what I want to. It's like, if you're not going to pick a Mike, if you're going to pick a Peter over a Mike, what what are your reasonings like what is the what are the claims are is it is it a ratings thing that you think I mean Rachel's also spoken about how her season did have lower ratings and you know when they recently picked a bunch of seasons to stream on HBO Max they skipped over her season which yeah. is not okay but at the same time they picked ones that they wanted that they thought that fans liked the best and that they the ratings worked okay so what besides ratings what other reasons are you pulling these bachelor and bachelorettes because Sometimes they've pulled people like Juan Pablo and it turns out to be a complete disaster. And it's like, well, what was your decision behind that? So it's, we just want some sort of transparency here. Yeah, I I totally agree. And it's interesting. I mean, listen, there's bigger things in life, obviously, than The Bachelor, but it is a really large, dedicated following of 
all different types of people. The show doesn't represent what the world looks like, but it's also kind of scary when you think about how Hannah has almost 3 million followers on Instagram and Rachel doesn't even have a million. And almost every lead has like a million. I'm not, I'm just pointing out facts. Like I'm not saying why or whatever. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. It's just an interesting factoid. A hundred percent. And it's, you have to notice like how much Bachelor is putting behind their other leads and how much they still promote their other leads. That said, Rachel is the co-host of the official Bachelor podcast that ABC runs. So they do have her voice out there. But yeah, I agree that not that they're silencing her in any way, but they're not pushing her the way that they push Hannah, the way that they push other people. Hannah was like immediately was going to be on Dancing with the Stars and then won Dancing with the Stars. It was like showed that the the fan base behind her was so much more, but also that ABC really, really supported her and put their put their hope, like everything behind her. Yeah. And I like one, one thing I like that Rachel said is she, from what I, someone on the podcast I listened to again, I can't keep track. She's literally been on a million, yeah, she um, but she was saying nothing against Hannah, like good for Hannah. Like she wasn't trying to take mm-hmm. anything away from Hannah, but she was pointing out, like, look at how many people she has watching her and look at how many people I have. So it's just another example of, you know, the white, the bachelor audience might be a primarily white, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't make an effort to make the show reflect the real world because there can be change has to start somewhere and then it goes on. Right. And like you said, there isn't, the bachelor isn't, obviously there's a lot of bigger things going on in the world than the bachelor, but a lot of even celebrities are speaking out on their social media right now about how their co-stars aren't speaking out about everything. Mm -hmm. And I heard something incredible this weekend that someone said, you don't have to use your platform for this. You don't have to use your platform. There's no pressure. You know, there's no shame. And if you don't want to use your platform for that, that said, if you're in a relationship and you are super, super in love and really private about it, but if they ask you to post, you don't want it to be public. That's something that's strange. That's, there's a little bit of a weird thing there. Like, why not? So in the same way, if ABC wants to prove that they are a diverse organization, that they give all of this praise to Rachel and to the different communities out there, and they have such a huge platform with The Bachelor and The Bachelor Nation fan base is just so giant, why not? Right. Mike said something really interesting last year when he was talking to Ben Higgins and Ashley I, and he said, I felt that if I were to be The Bachelor, the ratings would go down a bit, but then the next year they would go up because they captured a new audience with me. A hundred percent. That is so interesting. It's so interesting because it's like like we were just saying, like if they start somewhere, then they go forward. Whereas with Rachel, it was awesome. And the ratings, I'm pretty sure did go down, which is sad, but again, just a fact. But then if they kept it going, like who knows where we would have been now if the momentum kept going versus just going backwards and going back with Hannah and Peter and the same old personality. Right. It's not even just a black woman. It's there's the people of color in general is so limited on the bachelor and it's like on the franchise in general. I mean, we've seen it time and time again, that we're really like waiting for more and more diversity and every season. It's kind of a letdown. Yeah. And it's almost like, as far as, things like the viewers can think or change or just kind of look inward and say, I mean, it's like almost a joke. Like every mm-hmm. time that the diverse, the minorities get out first on The Bachelor, like we joke about it. And instead of doing that, maybe we should like think about why that's happening and not allow it to be the butt of a joke. You know what I mean? Like I'm guilty of it. Well, a hundred percent. I think that we can all realize 
that it's not a joke. It's a serious matter. And I'm guilty of it too. I think that we both and we, everyone who watches the show is kind of like, oh, like, are these people cast to fill a quota? Um, Catherine, obviously Sean and Catherine's season is about to re-air. And we, Catherine posted on Instagram and I was very surprised that she said she thought she was there as a Filipino woman to check a box. She's never really spoken out about that before. And in a way, ABC probably did put her there to check a box. I'm not, I don't know that for sure, but like, of course they want, they try their best to do these little diversity things. And then it's like, okay, no, she fell in love with him. And clearly like that doesn't matter. That's the whole bottom line is that it shouldn't matter ultimately. Yeah, I loved her message. I think I love Sean and Catherine. And I think that was so an interesting timing for her to point that out to no one really talks about that. It's like, they're like the cute little love story, but no one really, I mean, they were so different. Like Catherine is a, was vegan living in Seattle, like just nothing like Sean, Texas, like all American, whatever. And their love story was so beautiful. And it Mm -hmm. is, and they definitely celebrated their differences on their like wedding special. I remember they drove from (laughs) Seattle to Texas and like talked about like how they were going to make this work. And it was like, just really sweet and beautiful. And like we said, we can't control who the bachelor picks or if they end up together, which, you know, most of the time they don't, but there's something to be said for just making equal opportunity to make it happen. Yeah. And even Rachel also pointed out like with Christian and Demi, there was so much controversy, not controversy, but like people were talking about, was it fair that they let Demi Burnett's off-screen girlfriend who wasn't part of the bachelor come onto paradise so they could see the same sex storyline play out on the show. And I even was like, I don't like it because she's not on the show. And why are we making allowances for them? But then at the same time, it was like, we have to make allowances sometimes just to move the narrative forward. Like the bachelor is, it, they make their own rules. So like, exactly. who are we to pretend these rules actually matter when we could be doing something so much more? Yeah. I mean, the rules literally do not matter. Like they break them every season in some way or the other. Like Colton was a perfect example of that. So it's like they, every season they're going to be breaking the rules. So it. I feel like we just have to stop even claiming that. I was the same way. I was like, no, like it should be people from Bachelor Nation, not like bringing people on from home. But if that's a way to get a same-sex couple in Bachelor Nation, like we got to do what we got to do at this point. Right, totally. Let's talk about some of the things that they've, Chris Harrison, who it's, I feel, I don't feel bad for him, but it's interesting because Chris Harrison is like the face of The Bachelor, but he doesn't, as far as I know, really make many decisions. (laughs) Right. <laughs> he is kind of forced to answer for decisions the show makes, which makes yeah. sense. That's something he signed up for. But he was actually just asked about this last month. And he said, we have to take that first step and do better at casting and putting more diverse people on the show. Therefore, you see yourself represented more. I think it takes a long time to turn around the boat. But I'm not really as worried about meeting a quota as I am about meeting a quota of quality people. So one thing that, I mean, you and I both laughed at, it's like, okay, sure, you want your lead to find someone that's a good person, whether it be Claire, whether it be anyone. But I mean, half the show is, half the cast is there not for the lead. It's for our entertainment. Like show me, tell me every single person that they cast is a quality person. Cause I, I'm not, I I mean, I'm not one to judge what makes someone a quality person, but, but I mean, we see these, a Chad Johnson, we see, you know, Mm -hmm. these people out here who are on their cast because they're troublemakers or, we see people who are cast because they want Instagram followers. It's not a bad thing. It's just, that's how it is. So it's like, 
don't pretend that it's one way when it's just clearly not, in my opinion. Like we, at the end of the day, the show's entertainment. They cast people who are going to make an entertaining show. Right. And it's like, not every minority who comes on the show needs to be like the greatest, most amazing person ever, because not every white person who goes on the show is the greatest, most amazing person ever. Like we're all flawed and and different. And it would just be interesting to see a, a more even playing field and watch how it played out. Right. Well, and I mean, we saw it with Demario on Rachel's season. Obviously, he ended up being like the guy who had the girlfriend at home and sent home. But then he went on Bachelor in Paradise. And obviously, that became this very messy situation and a huge troubling situation for the franchise. But the point is, is that they casted someone that didn't look like everybody else. And Rachel's season, I mean, honestly, looking back, remember Lee? Like, he had all those like very racially insensitive tweets. And the fact that they, you know, it's one thing, we always joke also, like, who vets these people, right? And I know they do right. to an extent. There's an interesting process. And sometimes it's like when they don't, you know, they you go on someone's Instagram and you could very much tell that they're not a good person. And sometimes it's kind of fun for them to still be on the show, right? And to be like, oh, like how silly that they couldn't delete this post talking about how much they love their girlfriend and then go on the show and say that they've never been in love. Like some of it's right. innocent and some of yeah. it is really offensive, not okay language. And the fact that we're giving those people a platform is alarming. So someone like Lee, who made very like racially insensitive comments to put him on the le- the se- season of The Bachelor with the first black person of as the lead was insane. Right. And because it wasn't like, you know, we we saw issues with Garrett where he liked these posts. And now, of course, there's some other issues with him posting again. But it wasn't that Lee liked posts. It was that he wrote specific things. And it was like, yeah. how did this happen? Like how, how, in my mind, is that a person of quality when you're betting them? Exactly. That's the difference. And like I said, there's a difference between a Corinne who's like silly and immature and was fun to watch because she was shameless and would go and spray whipped cream all over Nick Vile. And someone who is a downright, you know, needs to maybe look inward and should not be given a platform. Because I thought it was interesting also, I don't know if you saw this, but grocery store Joe like Mm -hmm. posted this long thing, basically being like, I'm doing my best. I'm a guy who has a platform from a reality dating show. I'm still trying to learn. And part of me was like, because he was commenting something on Garrett's post, which we'll get into. And I think people were looking to him for more. And I first I was like, you're right. Like, why are we looking at these bachelor people for our advice or th- at this time? But then I thought, wait, that's not fair. That's giving them the easy way out. And whether they like it or not, they knew, especially if you've been on the show in the last five or so years, that you were going to get the platform out of it. And what you do with that platform, if you're going to sell me flat tummy tea, you should also be able to take a stance on something and stand by it and believe in it. And that also goes back to ABC picking people who they honestly like believe have the ability to do that to some extent. Right. And it's, but, and it's, I guess it's also, and I know they've talked about this before that some of them have said like, you know, I didn't ask for this responsibility to have this voice, but it's like, yes, you did. When you were cast on a show like this, that comes, especially in 2020, that comes along with a lot of Instagram followers and a lot of interviews that you were going to have to do and probably a book that you're going to write and all of these things, that means you have a platform. Do you have to be preaching on it every day? No, of course not. But that also means that you can just, you can also share your thoughts on real topics and not just post about vitamins for your hair. Right. Or make, if you don't want that platform so badly, make your Instagram private, make your social media, don't be on social media. That's definitely an option. I don't think any of them know that that's an option, but it is. (laughs) I mean, right? Like it's just, if you can't take it, then this is, like you said, it's 2020, like look around, like you have a responsibility, whether you like it or not, to have some sort of 
you know, voice. And you can't, you can't be mad if people are mad at you for not using it. Right. And whether you're using it correctly, that's a whole nother situation. So I guess that is an interesting transition to this whole Garrett Becca situation. Yes. I, this situation to me is, is so messy. I don't, Mm -hmm. I want you, I want you to start because I feel like you know this situation very well and I do not. So I want you to take this away to start. Well, long story short, Garrett, who won Becca Kufrin's season of The Bachelorette, they have been engaged for like two years now, I believe. He, like you said, previously had did come under fire when the season was airing for liking some memes like about the Parkland shooting and some transphobic memes. And he has apologized for that. It was definitely kind of, uh, it was getting a lot of attention and casting a, uh, a cloud over their love story at the time. And he posted a long post supporting the police amid the Black Lives Matter movement. And Becca Martinez, who was on Ari season with Becca Kufrin, a lot of Becca's here. So (laughs) forgive us and look on usmagazine.com if you need a visual. She criticized him for his stance and basically was ripping him apart for suggesting blue lives would matter over black lives, which wasn't exactly what Garrett was saying. And then he took to his Instagram story and shared a screenshot of her comment and fired back saying, I remember you saying how much you loved me to Becca and you made a mistake for judging me in the past without knowing me. Needless to say, you never got to know me, still don't know me and are no longer invited over. (laughs) So, I mean, the no longer invited over catty to me. You're no longer invited over. Oh, okay. Exactly. Like not even getting into like whether Garrett was right, whether Becca's right. Like that's kind of a whole different conversation, but the no longer invited over and taking this to the Instagram story in my mind also takes away from whatever Garrett was trying to say, because if he really felt the need to write his, you know, long post trying to explain why he felt the need to share this message for police and why he wanted to share and use his platform for this. It takes, in my opinion, it becomes catty and petty. And it's not about whatever he was even trying to say, because now he's fighting with Becca on his Instagram story. If she's taking to the comments and he doesn't like it, take it offline and actually have a conversation. Don't turn this into this drama. You know what I mean? Well, right. And even privately messaging is one thing, but then sharing the private message, like to me, I just don't, I, I think that the whole, they're talking about such an important matter. I think this is probably conversations that, I mean, not probably, it's 100% conversations that are happening in real life today. So if it's a serious matter, if it's not about something in Bachelor Nation, they all comment on each other's comments and breakups and all of that. But when it's a serious matter, like why do you feel the need to make it into almost like a playful thing? This isn't a like playful a matter. So yeah, like let's not make it into a feud. Let's not post screenshots of conversations on the side. Like this isn't, this isn't that. So I think it almost just whether, like you said, whether who was right or who was wrong or what you agree with, that's a separate conversation, but it's like, why did they make it into like this catty little game? Right. And I also understand why people are, you know, looking to Garrett and being like, do you understand why, you know, you saying blue lives matter sort of takes away from Black Lives Matter because it's not just about one good cop or one bad cop. It's about how the system is broken and it's a larger conversation. And, you know, I'm sure his DMs are filled with insane amounts of support and hate. I'm sure now Becca Martinez's DMs are filled with crazy amounts of support and hate. I'm sure Becca Kufrin is getting all kinds of whatever. So the one thing I would also say to that is think about the fact that 
there's a difference between holding your favorite influencer, bachelor person, or your family and friends accountable for something they said versus just attacking them to attack them and take advantage and be just to say you don't like them. So I, I just think everyone should maybe take a step back and like think a little bit longer before they post on Instagram or DM someone because it's it's a it's a very heightened time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I think that's a good message for anyone to have um, because everyone is human and they post things that maybe, you know, mean something different to them than they do to other people. But again, like this is a serious matter and this isn't some like silly bachelor storyline to me. Yeah. Um, I loved because also then you had people like stirring the pot and tagging like Rachel Lindsay and Mike Johnson and other people in the comment of Garrett's post. So then it's like, I'm sure they're thinking through their mind, like, do I need to comment on this? And like, whatever, like, it's just, it's pretty crazy how Instagram it's, it's a, it's a good and bad thing, right? Cause the conversation gets started, but then the conversation can take a turn and just get to a totally different place. Well, right. And then we, and then we come back to like Rachel feeling this responsibility that she d- shouldn't have to have, but because there are so limited black people in the entire bachelor nation, she feels that she does have the responsibility to speak out above about every single issue. And like, sh- she's just trying to live her life too. So I kind of yeah. for her in that situation because it's like, she can't comment on everything and she shouldn't have to. Yeah. One thing I like that Mike Johnson commented, he posted a whole thing. Um, but he said, as a veteran, I truly sympathize for those wearing uniforms that symbolizes protecting us. Yet some of their brothers and sisters in arms have made it difficult, less dangerous time for all involved. Yeah. And that kind of just sums it up. I think that's a great thing that he, he replied with that. Like, I think that that's a, a strong thing to say. And again, I mean, no matter what you support, it's like, these are also human beings that have police officers as family members or are veterans or whatever. It's like, Everyone has to realize that like, this isn't, you know, this isn't like one, one side over another when it comes to who's a good person versus who is a bad person. Like this is, like he said, symbolizes protecting us yet. There are issues. Yeah. There are a lot of issues yeah. that the world is seeing now. Yeah. There's, it's a system. It's not about one specific person. And there is a lot of, you know, opinions on how to fix that system too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an ongoing conversation. And the fact that, you know, it's, it's just what people are talking about right now, whether they're in bachelor nation or not, which is why we wanted to, you know, kind of just present what's been going on and just talk about the fact that the show, I think there only can benefit from casting a more diverse group of people. Well, absolutely. And that's also something I wanted to bring up before that, before we go on to the next topic is that Rachel said like the next bachelor has to be a black bachelor. And like, she was saying that she's going to be leaving the franchise, if not, which to me, some people like when I wrote up this story, people were kind of saying on Twitter, like she's not even in the franchise anymore. It's like, no, she's still such a big part of the franchise. Like we've been saying this responsibility to speak out, but also she's the host of the ABC podcast. She is still at a lot of events. She still promotes a lot of things for ABC. She still posts on social media during Bachelor airing and things like that. Regardless Mm -hmm. if it's negative or positive, she's still promoting the series. So I think it's a very interesting thing that she's saying, like, if this doesn't change, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, and I think good for her. I Mm -hmm. don't blame her. And yeah, I think it's pretty silly to just say because she, you know, isn't the lead on the show anymore that she's not a huge part of it. Like everyone from the day one of that show is going to be associated with that show, whether they like it or not. Yeah, and absolutely. As some we're seeing people like now, it and some people don't. Right. And as we're seeing now, it never goes away. They just re-air it or put it on Netflix <laughs> or put it on HBO. Like anyone who is worried now, if they, you know, now you have a fair warning, if you sign up for The Bachelor, it's not 
going to air and go away. Like it is going to follow you forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Consider this your PSA. (laughs) This is your warning slash exciting adventure for you to have this platform for really not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the other thing, like even Mike Fleiss or, um, uh, Robert Mills or Chris Harrison, whoever it is in ABC has all, they've all kind of promoted this narrative of like, first it was like people of color, diverse minorities. They didn't try out for the bachelor. Then it was, well, we just want to pick the right person, even if, you know, they are, it's about who was right for Hannah or Claire, whoever. And I just think that that is just not a valid excuse anymore. And we know for a fact they seek certain people out. It's not all just those open casting calls. And it is a cycle that needs to be broken because why would a minority want to go on the show when they see how it's played out in the past? So they have to just take the take. If you want to call it a risk, call it a risk, call it a risk, move the movement forward, move the needle forward. And like Rachel said, or else it's, I really think going to have huge repercussions because the people younger than us, they're like, they're not even going to give it the time of day if they Google bachelor and they see all this backlash and don't think it's going to represent them. I will say with everything going on, like it, it makes me hesitant to, obviously it's my job. It's tough to say this, but it makes me hesitant to keep supporting the franchise and watching it. And I love to live tweet it and have be part of this conversation with all of like you and me and a bunch of our friends and you know, at work and covering it for work, but I don't, I don't want to support a show that has the ability to show the real world how it is and not, and doesn't use it. Yeah. It's definitely interesting to think about. Um, on a positive note, Hannah Brown is, is, I mean, listen, we've talked about Hannah Brown on this show all every week for the last month, because ever since, you know, she was on Instagram live, she's saying the N word and then everything started happening in, in the country. It was like kind of a crazy timing. Like it was even yeah. more like spotlight on her to use her platform. Like I said, she's the most followed person in The Bachelor, which good, bad or other, like it just is. And she, you know, got a lot of backlash for her Instagram live and then for apologizing in a very generic statement. But then she came back two weeks later. She did a whole Instagram live talking about what she's been doing, what she's been reading, giving people resources, using her platform. And she came back a couple of days ago and did another Instagram live and she's continuing to further the conversation, which I think is all we can really ask for right Absolutely. now. Yeah. I mean, does everything Hannah Brown need to post about for the rest of her life be about Black Lives Matter? No, that's not realistic. But the fact that she went on there and said, if a white girl from Alabama who has made a mistake publicly on this issue can be on board passionately and purposefully and wholeheartedly be part of the change, then I promise you, you can too. And she's speaking directly, directly to the type of person who needs to hear it. Yeah. 100%. And I think that like you said before what she posted it's not like she's posting like I'm getting better. She posted what 20 minute Instagram listing the books that she's reading, the shows that she's watching, the conversations she's having. Like that's she's not be, you know she made a mistake and she owned up to it and I'm not saying it's okay because it's not and she knows that, but I think that she's trying to make a change, which is what we're all trying to do at this point. Yeah, and I mean Rachel I think made some comments she was pleasantly surprised, happy to see it, you know, proof is in the pudding, keep going. Um, Rachel also said that she was so excited to see someone like Ben Higgins, who, you know, is like the quintessential bachelor, like every, you know, everything you, you would want. He's been going live on Instagram, having these conversations. He's, he like lost it, not lost it, but you know, like had a reaction when people kept commenting all lives matter on his post. And he was like, get out. If you don't want to hear it, get out. And, and I think she was like, Ben Higgins, like Ben Higgins of all people, like is going to be an ally and have our back. Like it's, it's, it's really interesting because it shouldn't all fall on Rachel, like we've been saying. And it's, it's been interesting to see how people are using their platform. And 
I mean, Hannah, I just, I, on another reality TV note, I just want Sassy Schroeder and Kristen Doty to take note and see that your PR apology in 2020 is just not enough. You might mean it. Maybe you did write it. I have, maybe you did. Well, pretend you did. It's still not enough to not be willing to own up. Like if you go on Instagram live and you have to say it and talk about it, like it just means so much, especially from reality people, right? Cause they're not actors. Like we, right. they, they don't, they don't hide their emotions very well. So if we could see them and have a conversation and a narrative, I think it's so much easier to like feel comfortable supporting their show and understand, believing them. If that makes 100%. sense. hundred percent. I think that these people who, you know, if you write an apology out on your notes app and post it, I'm maybe looking at Leah Michelle. It's tough <laughs> to it's tough to take it seriously. Like you can write as many words as you want and say you're making changes and say you're people perceiving things you said wrong. But before until you take an action and you prove that action, I hate to say it, but you do need to prove it to people that you are making a change if you want to be forgiven. So yeah. I think Hannah's doing the right thing right now. I think she's doing everything that she can do, which is important. Like she said, if a person from from Alabama who has made this mistake and has such a big platform can make a change, then you know what? Everybody can and we all should be. So Yeah. And I think again, it's like these reality TV people, why are we looking at them to be this example? But it's like look at your own family and friends. Like if they say something that you don't like, whether it's about if they do something to you and you want to trust them again you want them to prove it. If they keep doing the same action over and over again, it's you're realizing they're not changing on any level. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the craziest concept to think that the people you watch every week, you would rather them, you know, not be making offensive comments all the time. Like it's, the standards are kind of low. Like the bar is pretty low. Yeah. Just don't, just don't be racist. Don't be offensive. I mean, it's not difficult to do. Think I before think before you speak. Yeah. And if you do make a mistake like this, own it and start a conversation. And like I said, move the, move it forward. And I mean, it goes back to like what we were taught in like grade school. It's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. It's not hard. Yeah, it really isn't. Well, on a totally different note, the bachelor is back in its own way because the bachelor is never really gone. And that's basically the message here is that there's always going to be some version of the bachelor airing. And as we still have no real updates on Claire's season, assuming we're hearing certain other productions in reality TV might start filming soon. And so I would assume that they're hopefully still trying to do a July, August, like isolated Claire season. You haven't heard otherwise, right? I have not heard any otherwise. I, I'm a, I would assume that with writer's rooms and things starting up last week, that this would be starting up soon. Right. And I mean, I guess we'll see if there's like a Corona spike anywhere else. Cause you know, we are, if things are starting to reopen, mm-hmm. so it, it's all just going to be a trial and error period. But I mean, I, for one am more into them being on a resort and not leaving anyway. Cause I think it's going to bring out some wild, I mean, imagine being on vacation all the time. Like you would go, you would like, it'd be all smooth sailing. And all of a sudden you would just like snap. I feel like, so yep. I'm like all for <laughs> them keeping these people on an Island. Um, yeah. For now, we have The Bachelor, the greatest seasons ever. And of course, it would make sense that they would start with Sean Lowe and Catherine because he was the first Bachelor, season 17, to propose and marry the person he chose. You might be thinking, oh, Jason Mesnick and Molly are still married. Well, don't forget that Jason Mesnick was engaged to Melissa Rycroft for several weeks before he changed his mind, the original Ari move. So he, Bachelor 17 was the first one to propose and marry and stick with his winner. And now they have three beautiful kids, such a great couple. Um, So it it makes sense to start with them. Yeah, I mean, I think that this was the first, 
I watched on and off seasons for a while, but this was the first season that I watched where I was like, I think I'm, I think I am in love with Sean. Like I was so obsessed with Sean. He was just the all around American boy that I like just thought was the perfect man. And I feel like Catherine was not the person I would see him with, which is part of the reason I loved the season so much. Cause I just felt like it was so realistic, like real world. This is what happens. People sometimes end up with people you don't think they would. Yeah. And even like when the show was airing, like Catherine was kind of under the radar. Like she never got a group date rose. Like she was kind of like the underdog. And it it was a surprise. I remember when she picked him, but it was like the best surprise. And I've watched that proposal back and it's so sweet and it's so genuine. And it just really feels like these two crazy kids falling in love on The Bachelor, which again, like not every season is going to end that way, but it's nice to have a reminder that sometimes it does. Well, and it's really important to note that it's been what Peter was 24th season. Mm Mm-hmm. Sean Lowe is the only bachelor that is still with the woman that he proposed to and married. So that is wild to think about. Like, yes, like you said, obviously Jason is still with Molly and there are people who have worked out, but not the person that they picked and they proposed to at the finale. Right. Ari and Lauren are together, but that was the whole Becca Cooper thing. And then Bachelorette has had more success, but a lot of the Bachelorette couples haven't gotten married. You look at your Jojo and Jordan, I think were supposed to get married this summer, but coronavirus stalled that, but they were engaged for a long time. Becca and Garrett are engaged, have no plans. As far as I know, locked in. Caitlin and Sean was a big one that we were shocked to see break up. Right. And there's a few more before that. Obviously, Trista Trista and Ryan, the original. Yeah, the original, Tez and Chris. But it's just interesting. I mean, it's not a surprise to me at all that The Bachelor would have more success than The Bachelor, but that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) Absolutely not a surprise that six of the couples on 15 seasons of Bachelorette are still together, regardless if they're married or not, and one from The Bachelor is. (laughs) Yeah, hilarious. Um, I did some researching on some of Sean's memorable contestants, which I mean, let's be honest, Tierra was an icon in her own right. She, I just remember her and Ashley fighting about her eyebrow. And it just makes me sad that there was not as much, there was Twitter and stuff, but social media wasn't quite what it was during the Bachelor Live tweets at the time. Because imagine if someone said, I can't control my eyebrow, like that would be trending for days. I mean, I just don't even, I feel like it should still be trending today. Yeah, it was everything. I mean, and I did some Googling and most of the people from Sean's season are happily married now, which it doesn't, I mean, it aired in 2013, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. But I think it also just goes to show like he had a really kind of um, nice group of girls. They were, it also goes back to something we talked about a while ago when I was talking about watching Jason Mesnick's season on Netflix. Like they were just normal average, like not average, they're beautiful, but like more realistic looking women. I mean, and again, they're still gorgeous and the, you know, fashion then was a whole nother issue, but (laughs) they just, it felt like more realistic type of people. Like you're seeing your friends versus now and nothing to, I'm not shaming the people that are on the show now either, but it's just the the beauty standards overall, I think. Oh my gosh. And they have changed. They always look like now they have professional makeup done, which they don't. It's just like one or two girls in the house really know how to do their makeup and they show everybody else. I love the older seasons because it looks like how all of our makeup looked at that time. Like we didn't know what we were doing either and neither did that. (laughs) Like not great at all. I look back at pictures of myself and I'm like, what was I thinking with this eyeshadow? But you know what? It was realistic. And like you said, it reflected what I look like because now when I watch The Bachelor, I'm like, who was putting on eyelashes every morning? Not me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, the eyebrows are just a journey. Um, but I've, <laughs> you have Sean and Catherine who have three kids, Isaiah, Samuel, and Mia. They're so freaking cute. They live in Texas. 
Um, Sean, we talked to in July and he said, everything turned out extremely well. Sometimes we have to stop and look at each other. Wait, did we meet on the bachelor? Because it doesn't seem like that's something that either of us would have done. We lead fairly ordinary life now. So it's fun to tell our kids one day, this is how we met, believe it or not. It's pretty crazy. I love it so much. It makes me so happy. And I, I really think it's going to be interesting to watch their journey and I hope that they watch it too and see how, how it happens. I know. Lindsay, his runner-up, got married in 2015. She has Mm -hmm. two sons. Her Instagram bio made me laugh. Not an influencer, just a girl that got dumped on TV. Love it. Ashley Fraser, Ashley Fraser, who was his top three, got is married, expecting baby number two. Des obviously went on to be the Bachelorette, and she married Chris, her winner. They have two sons. Leslie, who more recent Bachelor fans would remember from Bachelor Winter Games and that Thinking about her and Dean now just cracks me up. Her and Dean Ungler had that like fling from back. Wow, I don't even think I remembered that she was on Sean's season, to be honest. Yeah, she was on Sean's season. She was in the top five. Um, She is engaged as of February 2020. Tiara is also has been dating someone for six months. She's private on Instagram. I'm trying to get her on this podcast to stay tuned, everyone. Good for her for being being private, though. I give her a lot of credit. Yes, absolutely. I know, but she is in a relationship. Sarah Heron, not me, but with two R's, has been in a relationship for the past three years with a photographer named Dylan. Casey, who was on both Sean and Ben Flanick seasons, got married right after to a man named Rusty. They have two kids. Like, it's just, everyone seems to be in a really good spot. So we'll see if, you know, this re-airing, I don't think it's going to bring up anything enough to ruin a marriage by any means. Obviously, it's been a long time, but it should be interesting to see how people react. And we have Caitlin's season coming up. We have Ben Hagen season coming up. Like there's just, it's, I'm sure a lot of these people are just like, oh my God, like, why is this happening? But like I said, it's never going anywhere. Well, and we know that like Nick Vile's going to watch every season since he's on like all of the ones that are featured basically <laughs> besides Sean's. So he's going to be like, totally. I can't wait to watch his reactions through all of these. Yeah, I think there's going to be some fun. I, again, lighthearted fun. We can, we can joke with these people. We can make a joke about an eyebrow. We can joke about their hair. We can joke about how like you see someone else probably say something that now is ridiculous, like something about how in love they are. I think about Crystal season and about how people are talking about how they'd moved to Arlington. And we laughed about it now. And now we really know, like, look at the life they're living. Like that girl would have lasted two seconds on a farm. So we can oh. joke about stuff like that. But like- and Victoria Fuller can make it there. Anyone can make it there. Which by the way, I was stalking her Instagram comments the other day because I'm stalking everyone's Instagram comments now. And she posted something in support of Black Lives Matter and people were coming for her and someone responded, we're seeing your true colors unfollowing you as you remain single with that personality. And she responded, I have a BF period. Uh, And I was like, oh, that is is 100% confirmation because she is back in Arlington right now. Chris made a really, really brief appearance on her Instagram story. If you like slowed it down in slow motion, like walking through a forest. So I was very excited about it. Yeah. No, I know. It's everything. I mean, that couple is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, And we'll see how that plays out off screen. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting time for The Bachelor. I think I'm ABC hasn't said much. Chris Harrison hasn't said much. They haven't really been promoting this greatest seasons ever situation as of late, which makes sense. But I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in some of the conversations that they're having about how to move this franchise forward into 2020 and just yeah, be realistic. I mean, we'll, this, we'll this is going to be 10 weeks. So I guess they have some time, uh, 10 <laughs> weeks of three hour episodes, which 
seems a little intense for me. That seems like a lot, but you know what? If it makes people smile for three hours, I'm all for it. Yeah. And you know what? I, part of me thinks it's almost like a joke because the fact that they can air the whole season in three hours, but normally we have to watch it three hours a week for 10 weeks. Not that I want less bachelor, but it's kind of showing that maybe we don't need quite as much. Are you saying maybe I'm 100% maybe is not like it's Emily, this is my job. Okay. I need some content to to dissect. (laughs) This is true. Let's keep doing it for you. Yeah. Right. Um, I also just wanted to point out right before we sign off that Sean Lowe also posted about the season airing and Colton commented, hopefully you are still with her on his post about like no spoilers, like joking around. Cause obviously we all know how his season ends and how they're still together. And a lot of people in the comments were being like too soon, too soon. Cause obviously him and Cassie broke up a few weeks ago. Heartbroken. Heartbroken. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask how you, what you thought about that. Cause we've interviewed them together. I know you know, Colton, um, were you surprised by that split or no? I mean, 0% surprised. I think that anyone who talks to me knows that I was shocked that they stayed together as long as they did for many reasons. I adore Colton. I adore Cassie. I think they're both such sweet people. It just, to me, didn't seem like a match. That said, I really hope that he can find love and find happiness because I just adore him. I'm I'm sad for him. I hope that he wants to chat soon because I would love to love to see how he's doing now. Yeah, me too. I mean, I like him too. He's always been nothing but nice to us um, and critical of the franchise himself. So should be interesting to keep watching this all play out. We tried to brainstorm someone for him to be with last week and our coworker, Nick, suggested Jennifer Aniston. So just let that sit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll pass on that. (laughs) I agree. It's insane. But you can listen to that episode if you want to hear our thoughts on who Kathy and Colton should date next. But for now, I want to thank you for tuning in. Remind you, you can listen on Spotify and leave a five-star review on iTunes and come back next week for whatever The Bachelor is going to throw at us in the next seven days.